I have to admit to you that um, <clears throat> this is, um, for whatever reason, um, and it, it is a spiritual churning in me, that this is a hard word for me. Okay, this is a hard word. And uh, so I, I just have to give it to you um, out of out of the reservoir, out of the spiritual reservoir that emanates from me. It may agree, it may not agree, I'm not sure, I don't know, but it is a reservoir that is in me that I have to decipher myself. If any of you have had encounters with the Lord where he begins to say something and speak in spiritual terms that even you can't automatically decipher, okay? Just kind of doesn't make sense at the moment. <coughs> and so I, I have been kind of having that those kind of encounters this week. Um, I'll start by saying that uh, when they announced the name of the shooter in uh, Dallas, they said his name was Michael Xavier Johnson. And uh, I kept looking at his name. And as I was looking at his name, the Lord said, go to the book of Micah. He said, because this, this particular person is an extraction. There's a connection between this man and the book of Micah. And as I begin to read through the book of Micah, and I, I, I recommend that you do the same. And um, in general, most people do not like to read about the minor prophets of the Bible. They like to stay with John, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's safe, you know. No one wants to read Revelations because, you know, that's the boogeyman talking. And uh, nobody understands it anyway, for the most part. So people just, and then the minor prophets. If you ever read through the minor prophets, you know, that's uh, Malachi and, you know, and. Zephaniah and Zechariah, and I used to know them in order. In fact, I do, but right this minute, they're just, you know. But all of those little prophets that have three or four pages, three or four chapters, you know, they're not anybody famous. They're not the sons of the sons of the sons of, okay? They're just prophets, most of them shepherds from the field or, you know, someone that just God begins to move through. But the thing about the minor prophets, if the reason why they're, they don't really stand out and are not very popular, because they speak of God's judgment, particularly against, uh, particularly God's judgment against sin. And not so much judgment against sin in the world, but sin among his own people. That's what he talks about. And so in Micah, he begins to say, oh, oh, you think that you can just call yourself by my name and then go do your thing, do what you want to do? You think that you false prophets can stand up and prophesy falsely and that I'm not going to respond? He says, oh, there's going to be troll in the streets. There's going to be death all around you and whatnot. So no one wants to read Micah, okay? Because we like holiday, holiday, peace, peace, love, love, joy, joy. Okay. 
no one wants to talk about judgment. And I'm not going to talk about judgment, really. I'm not going to talk about judgment. I'm just, just trying to give you some of the things that have gone through my mind this week, okay? Because um, judgment is not popular. No one likes to talk about Helen Brimstone. No one wants to know her, okay? <laughs> some of y'all got that, okay? All right, all right. <laughs> but the thing is that I'm watching what is going on, and I, and I think that there has to be something said about the spiritual side of what is going on. And I, 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 for me, in, like I said, in the reservoir that's in me that's even confusing to me, um, God said, in the body, we have an immune system, okay? Don't think that you catch cancer or that you catch this disease or you catch that disease. Most of the diseases that attack our bodies are already in our bodies. The thing is that our immune system is powerful enough that when we come in contact with uh, toxins in the air and the water and the polluted foods and whatnot, that our immune system can kick off, okay? And uh, a lot of us older people, they have something called adult onset uh, 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 um, diabetes and stuff like that. What has happened is your immune system, your body, uh, as you age, fills up with toxins and then it gets to a point where it says, I don't have any more room to contain the toxins anymore. So either you're gonna have to clean up your act, okay, which means that we have to start eating oatmeal after we turn 40, okay? No more hot dogs, you know, and stuff like that because you can't digest them. You have to clean up your act or either you're gonna die. Okay, so a lot of my relatives have died from an overdose of cherry pie, okay, uh, of sugar, you know. And, and really, most older people die around the holidays, around Thanksgiving and Christmas, where they, they have reached their level of toxicity, you know, and they think they can have that next drink, that next, you know, uh, rib or chicken wing, blah, blah, blah. And the body says, I can't handle that anymore. I'm gone. I'm out, okay? So consider that. So the immune system, what it does, it keeps everything that's in us at bay, okay? But if we abuse our system with and come in contact and put ourselves in contact with things that will destroy our immune system, then the body can't fight off. That's what AIDS is. And I'm not just talking about that disease in particular, but I'm saying that when we constantly abuse ourselves, in one way or another, and a lot of people think, well, I don't do drugs and I don't smoke. And I'm like, no, you can abuse yourself in many ways. You can overwork yourself. That will destroy your immune system. It will affect your immune system. You can just try to think, I'm gonna have five jobs so that I can drive this or live here, blah, blah, blah. It will, and never rest, your immune system is gonna be under attack, okay? Uh, you can just decide that you're gonna eat what you wanna eat, when you wanna eat it, you know, a, a Philly cheese steak at three in the morning. Go ahead. Yeah, keep on doing it. Knock yourself out because at some point, okay, it's going to affect your pancreas, your liver, and your immune system is going to be put in jeopardy. Not to mention all of the stuff that we know, uh, sleeping around, you know, with, you know, Harry and John and Linda and Sue and whatever sex and whatever uh, uh, gender or, or animal persuasion, whatever folks are doing. You say, oh, it's all in the Bible. Just, just read Leviticus said, this is nothing new, okay? It's nothing new. But people are doing things that are putting themselves, their bodies in jeopardy, and the immune system says, look, I got a cure for this, I got a cure for that. 
y'all overworking me, okay? Y'all need to slow your roll, okay? Because I cannot, my, this little container cannot handle any more of what you're doing. Now, I want you to take that same premise and look at our nation, okay? When our nation obeys God's word, all of the things that are in our nation, racism, you know, sexual perversion, murder, violence, family split, it's always been there. Okay, if we had uh, if we had cameras back in 1950, boy, you know, I mean, <laughs> things would have stopped a long time ago, you know, because all, that's always been going on. Okay, but the point is, because we took care of, because our nation at some point did not violate God's laws, okay, kept God's law, the immune system, you understand what I'm saying? God said, okay, I will protect you from what I already know is in you. I will protect you from terrorists. I will protect you from crazy people. I will protect you from racism. I will protect you from police brutality. I will protect the police. I will do all of that if you just live by my word. If you just continue to uh, 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 honor my word in the decisions that the Supreme Court will make, that the President will make, that the Congress will make, that the Senate will make, if you would just honor me and honor my word, I will keep you, your, everything to send you from breaking out. That makes sense? Okay. But if you violate my word, and you know good and well that transvestites in the military, which is the new law they just passed, so what is a man going to the military as a woman? Does the woman go into the military as a man? I mean, come on now. And I don't care what arguments people present for all of these choices that our government is making, our Supreme Court is making. And believe me, it has very little to do with Congress. It has very little to do with the Senate or the President. The decisions are resting with the Supreme Court, with the judges of the nations. They're the ones who are deciding whether these laws are going into effect or not. And that's what the argument is about, bringing a uh, conservative or bringing a liberal to onto the Supreme Court. Watch the Supreme Court. Stop watching all these other lower things. Watch the courts, because that's where the laws are ratified. That's where they're passed. You can argue with the president, the Congress. They can filibuster and stay up all night, blah, 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 blah. But it's all going to end up with the Supreme Court deciding what is what. Anybody know that? Does anybody here know that? OK, good. I'm glad you're aware of that. All right, but the point is, when you start passing laws, and I don't care what your opinion is, it doesn't matter to me what your opinion is, whether you are pro-homosexual, pro-life, pro pro-abortion, pro-this, anti-this, uh, anti, it doesn't matter. What matters is that there is a law. The law of gravity says if you jump off a building, you are going to fall and hit the ground and probably kill yourself. That's a law, okay? When you law, the Lord says, if my people, if my, and there's so many if my peoples, read the whole book of Deuteronomy. But Second Chronicles says, if my people, he said, we can solve all the problems in our nation today. If my people who are called by my name, would humble themselves, means stop being arrogant, stop thinking that you got this, stop thinking that you know this, humble themselves and pray. But it doesn't even good to do any good if you're praying, if you are not turning from your wicked ways. And turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven 
and I will heal your land. He says, then I will have. He says, it's, it's on you. It's not on God. It's on us. And I'm not talking about the people in the world that don't believe in God. The atheists did this, did that. I'm talking about if my people, if the church would stop playing games with, you know, flashing lights and glitzy bands and people dancing and singing and praise dances and all that kind of stuff, and ain't nobody living nothing. Your immune system is being put in jeopardy. It's like God has just said, the covering that I have over America, it's lifted. Now have it your way. See what happens when the school system, when I take the prayer out. Murder, violence like we have never seen. Because you don't want me in your schools. Well, go ahead, have it your way. This is what happens when I don't cover you. This is what happens to the police when God is not covering to a nation. This is what happens to not just black men, black men, white men. I mean, the cops are doing whatever they want to do. Why? Because they're so evil, they're so wicked? No, because God has moved his covering. A lot of us, let me tell you, there's so many hateful people in the world. But guess what? They keep their hate in check when God is covering it. Do you get what I'm saying? How many husbands want to kill their wives and wives want to kill their husbands? A whole bunch of them. You have days when you want to kill somebody you live with. I told Charles, he used to watch this show called, um, uh, what was that you used to watch that I used to hate so much? Where The Mentalist. The Mentalist. Yeah, how do you go? I said, don't be learning how to kill me and get away with it. Yeah, turn that stuff off. Uh-uh. They ain't going to. Yeah. <laughs> I said, no, don't, don't even put it, don't even bring that in our house. That's the spirit of murder. You bring it in here. So we would fuss back and forth like that. You know, yeah, I'm not watching no cooking show. So yeah, well, anyway. But get what I'm saying, that all of us have the potential to do evil, to go out and shoot 12 policemen. That's, that, that was just one crazy walking around named Micah. He ain't the only one. It's much, it's many of them that, you know, they're over here, they're on the borderline, all that stuff is floating around in their head, but what makes them cross over and actually, you know what I'm saying, make a decision that they're going to kill a bunch of people? The covering has been smashed up. The immune system is not protecting us from evil. What do we say when we say the Lord's Prayer? Deliver us from evil. Isn't that what it says? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. That's the crazy people. And then the ones who are going to get attacked by the crazy people deliver us from evil. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? When you, when you say, well, we can't pray that anymore. Because that's a violation of church and state. You can't say that. God said, cool with me. You don't want an immune system to be that works? You don't want a spiritual covering? It's on you. But if my people who are called by my name would say, God, we want you to cover us. Okay. The next spiritual kind of 
consideration that we kind of process is, well, if God is not going to cover America, if America's going to do their thing, do what they want to do, pass all these laws that violate the word of God, if America's going to do that, then God just protect me and mine. That's our mindset, right? Okay, let them go do their thing. But God is going to protect me. He's going to keep my family. I got news for you. I have news for you. As the church, I'm not even, I haven't, I haven't even, this, I haven't even, I don't even know. So just go with me, okay? If the church thinks that they are going to be safe while the world goes to hell and while other people's kids get killed and other fathers and police officers and whatnot are annihilated, if you think that you're going to be safe, that is not in the contract. It's not in the covenant. Your job as the church is to stand up for God's law so that the enemy cannot operate randomly and freely and do his thing and have it his way. Don't you think that you're going to sit back and do nothing and say nothing and not challenge, not write one letter? I saw, I was channel surfing, I saw something so horrific that I just said, okay, I do not have time to be fooling with the FCC and all this kind of stuff, but I just have to, have to, have to. And my daughter and my husband will tell you that they had a uh, show on a couple of years ago called um, Christian B-I-T-C-H's. I don't know if anybody, ABC, yeah. Yeah, they did. Does anybody remember that, that it was on? You remember it was on? You remember it was a Christian B-I-T-C, came on Sunday night. Okay, what was the whole official title of it? Chris? Good yeah, Good Christian Bees, B-I-T-C-H, yes. Uh-huh, it was on that. I promise you that I started a campaign, and I was, at, Charles will tell you, I got 100,000 signatures. I talked to the chairman of Target. I talked to the chairman of JCPenney, every sponsor. I got, and guess what? Cancel. Don't tell me what one person can't do. You can. You have more power than you know. It took one woman to get prayer out of school. One woman went on a campaign to stop children from praying in school, and she pulled it off. Well, I saw a show the other night. I said, Lord, not again. Why me? Doesn't somebody else? Can't somebody else do something? You know, but there was this show called A Purge. Has anybody heard or seen? It was on TV. It was on television where people would have these parties and then get knives and guns and go they were going to go attack a neighbor and kill a family because for one night out of the year, you were free to kill whoever you wanted to kill and, and, and in the name of God. That's what it said, okay? That doesn't need to be on our TV. So what I'm trying to tell you is that we can't sit back and hide from the crazy stuff that's going on in our nation against our streams, against our rivers, against living beings, against people. We can't sit back and think that God is going to bless us and keep us. He's going to hold you accountable. He's holding us accountable individually, and he's holding us accountable collectively as a church. Okay, I'm just going to do my message now. Y'all know y'all think I'm crazy. He's holding you accountable. 
He's holding us accountable for children that are sold into sex trafficking, for animals that are being abused in the street, for rivers that are being polluted by companies. He's holding us accountable. We are supposed to say something, and I'll tell you something. <laughs> Before I was even saved, years ago, um, but I wasn't, I mean, I was in church. I was just a younger person in church. But I remember when the church had so much power, and they came out with a song. This is, now this is, uh, this is way back, because I'm like 70 plus now, so I'm tucking you way back. They had a song out called Work With Me Annie. We're going to work it till the working is done. And, that, and then we'll go, ooh, 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 yeah, Annie, how you feel me. And we were just singing. Next thing I knew, that thing was off the radio. I'm like, what happened? Boy, they had a news conference. All the pastors in the city said, uh, what's his name? Uh, it was um, uh, uh, Lucille, Lucille, da -da 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 -da. Little Richard. So little Richard and all his buddies and all his friends singing these songs, either clean up your act or you will not be selling records to our kids. And so the real lyrics to Lucille and, and Back Down in the Alley, he had to clean all of that up. It was no profanity allowed. It was not the government. It was the church who said that's not going on the air. You, on TV, Lucy and Desi couldn't even sleep in the same bed and they were married. The church said, we're not showing that. They had a stand and all of a sudden we got weak and we stopped taking a stand against the things that were disturbing to the family and, and, and negative to our children. There are so many violent acts on television. How can we not kill each other? It's no big deal. Just turn your TV on, it's no big deal. And they got games for kids. Little kids are taught violence now from an early, early age. And what is the church saying? Nada. So God says, guess where judgment's gonna begin? First Peter 4.17. Somebody, somebody pull that, somebody pull that up. Read it real quick. Guess where it's gonna begin? Whoever gets it first, raise your hand and you get a prize. 417. 417, yes. Um, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Amen. Where's judgment going to start? It's going to start with us. So I'm here to tell you, I've done, and you know, I know what you want to hear. You want to hear, I know bullets are flying, but your little children are going to be so safe. Don't worry about your husband. God is going to protect you. And to a degree, that's true. But I, wanna understand, I want you to understand, as long as we say nothing, as long as we do nothing, we're as vulnerable as people in the world. And I know that's a message that, like, you know, I might get some letters. I might get some whatever. Hey, I know one thing. When I stand in the judgment, I'm going to say, God, I, I told him if I was wrong, this is, correct me now. But I told him not to sit back and do nothing. 
I told them to write the letters, to stand up, to start the, start the prayer lines, get people praying, you know, talk to your senators, talk to your president. If they don't have somebody that you don't like on the ballot, I'm telling you, don't vote. That's a word. Now, that's a vote. See, this is what we don't understand. Everybody says to me, and I've had people say this to me online, well, if you don't vote, um, that all the people that died for the right to vote and all that kind of stuff, you know, as Americans, you have to vote. I don't have to vote for that. But what happens is the political system looks at the Christian vote and says, there were 20 million people in America who refused to vote. And they said, well, now we've got a president in we don't want. We would have had a president in that we don't want anyway. But now somebody's going to see those 20 million million votes going to say, there's a way to get to that vote. What, do, what is this major group, since we're supposed to be the largest worldwide religion, in, 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 in light of the fact we're supposed to be more Christians in the United States of America than any other religious group, how do we get them to vote? Because we want this, and we want this, and we want that, and we are not going to stand. Somebody is going to get up and say, I'm going to give these people what they want. Do you understand? Why do you think the people are after the black vote? Because they want to know what black people want. Why do you think people are after Hispanic vote? They are going to say, oh, well, Spanish people want this. They don't want to be deported. They don't want a wall. So they're not going to vote over here. So they cater to that. But then Christians just go with the Republican Party because it's the Republican Party. That is crapola. It's nothing, it's nonsense. Now, I know I'm not supposed to talk about politics. That's just what was in me. Is that okay? Is that okay? You're gonna come looking for me. If you don't give me what I want, number one, you're gonna know I'm there because you didn't see my vote. See, they know you're there, but when they don't see your vote, because either way, it's gonna be hell to pay in the White House right now. I don't care what you say. Anyway, it is the difference between chitlins and snake meat. Which do you want to eat? Yeah. Huh? You don't like snake meat? Well, then I can give you some chitlins. Some hog gut. You see what I mean? The choices. The choices. What do we do with the choices? I mean, you come to your own conclusion, but... I want somebody to come looking for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I want them to look for my block. I would love to see 20 million people refuse to vote. Oh, I know that sounds like sick. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. But I bet you they'll come looking for you. Well, now let me do my message. No, no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, Will you open with me to the book of blah, 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 okay? My topic for this morning is the matter of life. Because everybody's been talking about black lives matter, life matters, but I want to talk about the matter of life, okay? Now, I want to explain to you, and I'm going to make this short because I know I've already taken a lot of your valuable time, okay? And But... Uh, I want to talk to you about the matter of life, okay? Um, and I want you to understand this. 
about life. There are two important components in the matter of life. There is the spiritual life, spiritual side of us, that cannot be experienced through smell and taste and touch, okay, and hearing and sight, the senses. But it is a sense that we have, okay, an arena that of our existence that cannot be seen or felt or touched, but we know it's there. How do, how do we know that love is there? Do we see it? Do people turn red and turn into a big heart? No. It's something that is spiritual. It cannot be seen, but it can be experienced. How do we know hate is there? Okay? You know, some of the people that hate you can smile in your face, wear a suit and tie, and look, you don't know. But if you can discern it, okay, if you have a spiritual life, you know it's there, even if you don't see it, okay? So, this is what I want to tell you. Take this, this is your takeaway. If you get your spiritual life right, you don't have to be concerned about your natural life, okay? There's a spiritual life and there's a natural life. We know all about the natural life. The natural life is what we wear, you know, what we like to eat, okay? Who we like to hang out is the natural life. And God expects us to enjoy the natural life. The natural life is not a sin. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to have sex. It's not wrong to kiss or to love or to eat ice cream. God says, all that is for your pleasure. All I do is say, do it in the context of my, of the way that you're going to experience it safely, the right way, where it's not going to start out in pleasure and end up in pain for you. I want your pleasure to be pleasure. I want your joy to be full. So we have a spiritual life and we have a natural life. So I want us to just for a moment work on a spiritual life so then we'll know more about what to do in the natural life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for the amen and the shake of the head. I appreciate it because I'm feeling quite insane up here right now. Okay. Psalm 91. Building your spiritual life. Okay. Because your spiritual life will take care of your natural life. Psalm 91.9, and, and uh, some of you may know that I have ex been experiencing some health challenges, and as a result of experiencing those health challenges and not knowing when I was going to have these episodes that were going to kind of be debilitating, um, I, I started memorizing the 91st Psalm so that whenever I just had these debilitating moments, I would say this psalm in my spirit and be and knowing that I was safe, even though I didn't feel safe at the moment. Because, you know, safety is an illusion. You know that. There's no such thing as being safe. You go to sleep at night. You close your doors. You lock everything up. Well, you got a glass window over there. How are you safe? But because that glass window is locked, you are now under the illusion that you are safe. How stupid. <laughs> Think about it. Well, you got us, you're not safe. How do you call that safe? If you, you have a you you have an office, it's on the 40th floor, you know, and you know, oh, it's safe. You know, you have the elevator 
and you know and if the elevator stops working we have a fire stairwell what well, to ask the people at 9 11 if they were safe have you ever tried walking down 40 flights of steps and try to get down there through smoke and fire and flames and missing stuff. There is no such thing as safe. There's only one safe place. Psalms 91.1 says, Whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of his wing. Okay? Now, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter, some Bibles will say, the secret place of the Most High. Yeah. Okay, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Um, Elder Charles and I, we pray that every morning in our morning devotion. We memorize and we, we uh, and, and start memorizing the scripture. You can't jump open your Bible when you're in trouble and when things happen. It has to already be in you, okay? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, th in Psalm 91, Psalm, Psalm 91 is not an easy psalm. It is a complicated psalm, particularly for someone who has studied the language, like some of my folks here that are full of grads, okay, have degrees in theology and all that kind of stuff. It's complicated because this, it keeps changing tenses, number one. You know, it talks about if you do this, if he does this, if they do that. And so that's not fair. That's confusing. And then it talks about God in his different names. It says, who's dwelling in the shelter of the Almighty? Elion, okay, the Almighty. And, and the Almighty One speaks of his political position. God being over government, okay, Elion, Most High. Um, I don't know if some of you might have known that in, in, in the book of Isaiah, uh, Lucifer said, I will be like the most high God, the most high. I will set my throne above the throne. That's government. You understand what I mean? It's government. So first of all, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high, my government covering, you understand what I mean? My president, my Congress is the most high. He says, when you dwell in that place, you, it says, and rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, this is, this is what I love about the word Almighty. This is so cool. Shanda, you're going to love this one. Most people think that the Hebrew meaning of the word Almighty is, is the breasted one. Okay? El Shaddai. Okay? But there is an argument about that, El Shaddai, meaning the breasted one, meaning that he is able to provide all that you need. The Almighty, the, the, uh, the Almighty, okay? But there's an argument between El Shaddai and El Shaddai, okay? Which it was taken from. El Shaddai is the destroyer, the protector, okay? So is it El Shaddai, the breasted one, or the destroyer and protector, El Shaddai? We don't, we don't, no one knows. There's a big theological argument. I say it's both. Because have you ever seen a, a, a lioness who is feeding her young. She is the breasted one. She's giving them everything they need to be strong and secure and mighty. But if you mess with the sister, if you come near her while she is feeding, she turns into a destroyer. She turns into the enemy. She, she turns into the protector. So I believe that God, yes, he's the breasted one. But if you mess with his, then he becomes a destroyer, okay? He's all of that. And you can see it in a mother, the way she feeds her child, but you better not touch it, okay? So it says, he who dwells in the secret place 
of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He, that means he, yes, your choice, whoever chooses to do that. Now, the secret place or the shelter of the Most High, this, is, this, this word shelter, it's, it's, a, it's a great word because it's not an ordinary place, okay? It is a place that is invisible to enemies. That's why they, in some translations, it's called the secret place. It means that when you are abiding in him, you are off the enemy's radar, okay? You have gone into a compartment, you understand what I mean? Where you look at, the others will see a wall, but you know that where the button is to push the door for you to go through into a safe place, and then the enemy has lost your trail. He, ain't got, he, he cannot keep up with you. He said, he who dwells in that place, in the secret place of the Most High, then he shall abide. It doesn't mean to visit. It doesn't mean to go in and out, abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the one who protects but will feed and protect you. Now, that's enough. You don't even have to read any further. If you understand Psalm 91.1, you, you're good to go, basically. You see? But this is what I read. This is what I was sharing with my granddaughter, Ashley. She's in the back there because she was uh, off in, uh, in another country going to school a couple of years ago, away from the family, and we were like, whew, glad the word's in her, okay? Because we know that that is gonna be her secret place. That's gonna be what protects her, okay? That she abides under the shadow of the Almighty. And so she came home safe, praise God. But, but does anybody ever read commentaries when they read scriptures? You ever find, say, oh God, what does that mean? Well, if you haven't, go to uh, Biblehub.com, B-I-B-L-E-H-U-B.com, and look up the scriptures. And if you scroll all the way down, it'll give you commentaries of what people are saying about what scholars say about what that scripture means. It's Biblehub.com. Everybody should study like that. You can go online, go to Bible. Younger people, you like to go on the computer, go to Biblehub.com sometime. Look up scriptures. This is what it says. I thought this was so interesting. It said about Psalm 91. It says, this is a commentary. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. This is a commentary. The blessings here abides in him and he abides in God. Does anybody know how to abide in God? Tell me how. How do you abide in God? What did I just say? Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. Y'all ain't listening. Wake up. I'm trying to keep y'all from going to hell. Come on. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him, and God abides in him, and he abides in God. How do you abide in God? You gotta be in Jesus. The bottom line. God says that's the way. That's the door to that place where he will keep you safe. And if you get your spiritual life right, then you will be all right in your natural life. So Psalm 91, if you just read it all the way through, you know, he says, I will, you know, I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, you know, all the traps that Satan sets and the noise and pestilence. I will give my angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. All this, you will tread on serpents and scorpions and snakes and, and the adder and all that kind of stuff, and they will by no means hurt you, you know, blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on. It makes you think all this wonderful stuff is going to happen. And if you're not careful, you will think that you can live a life that is trouble-free. That's what you will think. So, well, God, you got this. 
I'm going to the club tonight because, honey, you got me. You, you know what I'm saying? People are crazy like that. They think they can live like they want to live. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It won't work. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It won't work. <laughs> you won't live any kind of way. You see what I mean? I think you under his protection. Think again. That is the spiritual life. I'm getting out of here, really. Natural life. The natural life tells us that John 16, 33, most of y'all know this. I have told you these things that you might have peace. That in this world, you're going to have shootings. You're going to have problems with the police. You're going to have problems in your marriage. You're going to be broke sometimes. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. That's your natural life. In your spiritual life, you're under his protection. But in your natural life, he says, you're going to have to deal with trouble. It's all around you. I don't care how saved you are, how holy you are, how much you try to stay in the house and pray and fast and don't smoke and don't chew, don't fool with folks who do, don't cuss, don't think evil thoughts. I'm just holy, holy, holy. You ain't no safer than nobody else. You are going to have trouble. The advantage that you have over unbelievers, he says, I will deliver you out of your troubles. You will, anyone who is in me, who will overcome the trouble. That's the difference. That's the advantage that you have as a believer, okay? So in light of that, how do we protect our natural life you understand what I mean? In a world that is filled with trouble. Ephesians 6. Oh, y'all know this. Y'all know this. Y'all know this. Y'all can recite it to me. Ephesians 6.11 says what? Anybody know? Put on the whole armor of God. So that you will be able to take. That you, well, well, let's start at 11. Put on the whole armor of God. So that you can take a stand against the devil and all his schemes. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, you know about that, but against enemies, against rulers, against authorities in the unseen world, against spiritual darkness and powers in high places, against evil spirits in heavenly places, whatever translation you want to use. But the point is, he says, put on the whole arm of God because you're not wrestling, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You might think you got, you're dealing with people, but it's the spirit in the people that you're dealing with, in the situation that you're dealing with. It's the snares and the traps that Satan will set up for you on the freeway to kill you and, and to, uh, 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 um, you know, just set you up for trap. He said, that's what you're going to do. He said, so put on the whole armor of God and don't think that these little battles you're in have anything to do with natural things. They are spiritual. And then 614 says, therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything that you can do to stand. Come yeah. on, y'all ain't saying it like you mean it. And after you've done all that you can do to stand. Yeah. That's what it says. Keep standing. Put on the whole armor of God. And I'm not going to take the time to go over and tell you what the whole armor of God is. Go look it up. 
Jesus says, come on, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Stop living like a junkyard dog. <laughs> Dude, get righteous. Clean your house up from all your, you know, pono films. You understand what I mean? And, you know, and sex toys and all that kind of crazy. Whatever y'all doing, stop it! <laughs> Clean up your stuff. Just telling you the truth. That's the whole arm of God. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. That when the darts come your way, you'll have the shield of faith. To say, no, devil, I don't believe the lies you're trying to tell me about I'm going to be sick and that I'm going to fail and that my children are going to kill by the cops. I got my shield up. I wish I could find that song. I love that. This means war. You can't have my family. You can't have my increase. Have y'all heard that song? It's a Y'all need to find that song. That's a good one. Amen. That's my jam there. I play it. This means war. Okay. Put on the whole arm of God. Look it up. That's your assignment. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, For the weapons that we, the weapons of our warfare, they are, I don't know what translation y'all have up here. Translation. Well, I'll look at it. the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's the way I know the scripture. Anyway, I don't know what that is. Amen. It says, Know that you are not in a fighting match with people. That behind every situation, there is a demonic force. And so if you try to just cuss somebody out because they cussed you out, that is a natural weapon and it don't work. Because guess what happens? Psalms 119.17 says, let him who curse, let the curse come upon him. Meaning that if you cuss somebody out, that curse is coming back to you. It says, rather bless them that curse you. Why bless them? Because then that means the blessing is coming back to me. Okay? That's spiritual warfare. Okay? It says this, that Jesus, I'm closed. Jesus is seated together with God in heavenly places. Psalms, I mean, uh, Ephesians 1.20. It says, above all principalities and powers and rulers. That that's where Jesus is seated. And then if you go to the second chapter of Ephesians, um, it says this. It says, we are seated together in Christ above all rulers, above all principalities, above all powers. We're seated in him. In Christ. Now, this is the whole thing. If we're seated in Christ, and Christ is above every ruler, every demon, every evil thing, if we're seated in him, then how can Satan have access to us? If we're in the spiritual, think about that. If we're seated in Christ, I think it's Ephesians 2.20, above all principalities and rulers, Okay, it says Jesus has been exalted and he is seated with his father above all principalities and rulers. And we are seated in Christ. Then how does Satan have access to us? Because it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. They're in the heavens, but Jesus is above. Okay, seated next to the father. So we if we're in him, that means that we're seated above we're talking about spiritual life now. We're not talking about legs and arms and heads and feet. We're talking about we are seated. We have power over demons. So 
if we are seated above that, how does Satan have access to us? How can he hurt us and cause trouble? Because what happens, what Satan does, he tries to lure you out of your position in Christ to come down to the realm where he is. You understand what I mean? And then he's got you. Then the fight is on. Then it's a it's it's one on one because you left your position. How does he do that? He pisses you off. I'm just telling you straight. And then all of a sudden it ain't about hallelujah. Bless you. Thank you. It's like you what? What you said? What? Oh, no. Give me the Vaseline. I'm going to fight somebody today. You know, you just left your position. You just left your position. And then the devil's got you. How else does he get you to leave your position? Fear. Oh, I had a lump here, and I had a, a, a report there. Oh, God, I'm going to die. Oh, Jesus. Oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I know I'm going to die. You have just left your position, and now he's got you with the spirit of fear. Somebody makes you mad, you're ready to kill somebody, you left your position. And it's hard. I'm not telling you that it's easy to stay seated in Christ. But every moment we're making a choice, every time your husband says something, it's like, why is it that the person you married to can make you do things that nobody else on the planet can make you like want to just, <laughs> I'm not being... I'm not leaving my position. You have to fight to stay there. You have to fight to stay there. Do you hear me? You have to fight to stay there. Say to somebody, I'm going to fight to stay in my spiritual position where I am under God's divine protection. Okay? Because once you leave, once you get up, once you get up, you trouble is, the fight is on. This is what I want you to do. Look at somebody next to you, somebody around you, blah, 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 and say, are you in Christ? And you wait for the answer. Don't just ask them. Wait for the answer. Now, look at somebody next to you and say, look at somebody and say, would you like to be in Christ? Wait for an answer. Okay. Anybody in here? You know that you are not in a relationship. If you died right now, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell or a Catholic purgatory. You don't know where you'd be. You don't know. If you're not sure, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you're not sure, anybody, anybody, I don't know. I don't know. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but when you get to the gate in glory, don't be asking me to put a good word in for you. I'm saying, God, I told them on the, what is the day, the ninth? 10th day of July, I, I, I told them, okay? I told them. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart, and you are there. He is in you, and you are in him, and you're safe. Now, this is, what, this is something else I want you to do all of this week, and I hope if you do something for seven days, it will become a habit. I want you to pray before you leave your house. Pray for God's protection. Pray for his direction. Pray for his discernment. Because a lot of things come up. You just need to know what would God do? What would Jesus do? You need to know that. 
and he'll speak to your heart. He'll speak to your mind and tell you what to do. Anoint your children before they leave. Get you, get you, get you a little, get you a little something, something. Little jar of oil. Say, baby, come here. Let mama touch you. Sweetie pie, I know you're going to work this morning. Let me just pray for you and pray for your protection. We ne- or how many of you going to do that this week? You're going to start praying before you leave the house. You're not going to be just, I got to go. I'm late. My boss, oh, yeah, my last final, you know, warning. And, yeah, forget all that. It may be your last time to get in a car. We need to pray. We need to pray for one another. Amen? That's what we do in the spiritual to protect the natural. Say this with me. The spiritual protects the natural. The spiritual life protects the natural life. The spiritual life protects the natural life. My spiritual life will protect my natural life. Say that to somebody else. Your spiritual life? Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll, we'll protect your natural life. You got it now? Okay. The next phase, and I'm not going to deal with it today because I've already taken y'all on a wild, wild chase. I know. Y'all have had more than enough. But do something for the Lord. Let him know boldly and openly that you are in his side. Do not be intimidated by the world's views and values. They want to intimidate you to uh, uh, even pray, say your grace in a restaurant. Oh, what's that about? Just like you can, but they can say MF and GED and whatever, you know, and, you know, and not even look in your direction. Excuse me? You going to call evil good and good evil? No, I don't think so. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't be intimidated by the world. Don't let them laugh at your views. Because your views are going to be here when their views are gone. Okay? And somebody has to say, who's on the Lord's side? Well, you know, I'm in my job, you can't say this, can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. You better look at the first century church. They put everything on the line for their faith. Amen? Be bold for God. Do something. Send a petition to Washington for something you don't like. Pray about this whole voting situation. Lord, what should I do? What should I do? I mean, you come to York, don't, don't listen to me. You know, because, you know, I got all kind of crazy stuff swirling in my head. Ask the Lord to show you what to do. Because this is crazy. Lord, I thank you right now. I praise you. I give you honor. I give you glory. I give you praise. For you're worthy, 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 worthy. And I do want our children to come up. And I do want our men to come up. Because I want them to be under the blood and under the protection. God's protection. Come on, men and boys. Come on up. I don't care what color you up, what nationality, what age. And 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 um why do you think why do you think that um, Satan is after men? Why do you think he's after men? Huh? Because they're the leaders. Because they are the head. That is why. So Pastor Darrell and and Elder Charles, I want you to pray for the protection of our men and our boys. 
Amen. All of our men and boys up here. Stevenson, come. What? You doing too much? It's okay. Come up here. This that's that's that'll be okay. We're going before uh, the Lord. We're going before the Lord, and the Lord's going to cover us. I was telling somebody that when this whole thing happened, it shook me for some reason. It hadn't didn't shake me the other incidents, previous incidents like this and I was trying to figure out why and I went to uh, bring Sean with you if he's okay Um, and I was trying to figure out why so I just started praying because I'm like Lord there's there's something going on and the spirit of the Lord said this is a spiritual thing and we keep trying to fight it in the natural and I'm so glad mom mentioned the scripture in Ephesians because We leave our position regularly. We leave our position when we're angry. We leave our position when we're afraid. We leave our position when uh, we think we're not being treated fairly. And uh, I took to Facebook and I was gonna write something and the Holy Spirit said, stop. And I was like, no, I was so mad. And the Holy Spirit said, don't do anything. Come see me. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and and while we were making arrangements for uh, Pastor Teresa's goddaughter, I was writing. And the Lord said, "Don't post it." And so I went home, Zandra, and um, went in my little closet. And the Lord said, "You tell everybody to pray." And I started crying. And I was like, "Pray, Lord." And He was like, "Who are you?" I was like, who are you? And I was like, I'm Pastor Daryl Ordell. He says, what do you believe? And I said, I believe that prayer is the most powerful force on earth and in the heavens. And we as believers have that at our disposal. Prayer puts a demand on the very heavenlies. Puts a demand on the very heavenlies. So he said, you have to say pray. So I want to lay hands on our, on our boys, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a general prayer, but I'm going to lay hands on all of the boys. Just cover them in oil, Pop. Um, but I'm going to pray for our men. Uh, you guys come over here. I know a space is, a, is an issue, but this is, a, this is bigger than that. Um, Lord, we just come before you. Everyone, every woman in this house, lift your hands. Lift your hands and raise your hands towards these men. And these men are representative of your your husband, your son, your uh, father, if he is not here. Um, And again, this is not just a, 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 a black thing or a white thing. This is a spiritual battle. So in you raising your hands, we are praying in agreement for the safety of our men. Because if we can remove the men from the household, there will be confusion because women will be out of position. The men's are out of position. The men's, the men are out of position. <laughs> so, Lord, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come before you, Lord. 
And we are lifting up every man in this household, Lord. We are lifting up every man that is here, every man that is present, Lord. We are lifting him up, Lord. We are lifting up the fathers. We are lifting up the sons, Lord. We are lifting him up in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, we are lifting them up, Father. And we are praying, Lord, that we do not leave our position, Lord. That we do not leave our position because we are afraid. That we do not leave our position because we are fearful. That we do not leave our position because we are doubtful. That we do not leave our position, Lord, because um, we have church hurt or, 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 or there's a problem, Lord. You have placed us above the enemy. We have control over everything, Lord, simply by praying. So we come before you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we exercise that right, Lord. We command that the enemy leave right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We subdue the spirit of fear. We subdue the spirit of murder, Lord. We subdue the spirit of confusion, Lord. We conquer it in the name of Jesus, Lord. The scripture says that we can have our foot on the neck of the enemy, Lord. And right now, Lord, we just say thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm praying for safety for these men. Yes, I'm praying for safety for every man represented in this place, Lord. Yes, I'm praying, Lord, for safety, Lord. But more importantly, Lord, I'm praying that we exercise our right to pray, to come before you, Lord, with the authority of the Most High God and to tell the the Satan behold you see before you a child of the most high God dipped in the blood of the lamb therefore darkness must flee because light is filling this place the light of the spirit of the Lord the glory of the spirit of the Lord Lord your scripture says that you give us your joy therefore our joy will be overflowing Lord so we bind and rebuke fear Lord we bind and rebuke doubt Lord we bind and rebuke uncertainty Lord we bind and rebuke leaving our position father and we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you that you are covering us. Thank you that every problem that we face, Lord, there is an answer for it. If we would simply come to you, he that dwells in the secret place, the secret place of prayer, the secret place of praise, the secret place of devotion with you, Lord. He that dwells in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide in the shadow the shadow lord under your wing lord so we just say thank you thank you thank you lord as we leave this place lord give us clarity of mind lord as you we leave this place give us direction and guidance lord as we leave this place lord before we act before we do anything let us pray Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I want to lift up um, the Castile family. Uh, I want to lift up the Sterling family, Lord. I want to lift up the policemen that were killed, Lord, in this action, Lord. And this prayer is a prayer to heal our nation. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and heal our land Lord so there is an action that must take place Lord 
spur us on it to action lord ignite that action in us lord ignite that action in us as men ignite that action in us as families ignite that action in us lord that we may go forth and pray lord pray even for the people that we don't care for pray lord even if we have run-ins with the police some of us have had run-ins with the police i'm not a particular you know running with the police but i'm praying for them I, that's a whole nother talk show so we just thank you father right now in the name of jesus lord we are praying in agreement and the scripture says that where two or three are gathered there you will be in the midst and whatever we ask for in agreement your father in heaven will give to us lord we say it is so lord with the expectation that we will see the fruit of this prayer in jesus name amen